0: Check for. Well, luckily, Gwen found those herbs to counteract the effects of the poison. And by the next day, we were as good as new. And what's more, we knew we were getting close to the Silver Monkey. If I'm interpreting this map correctly, we should be at the Silver Monkey in a few hours. Agreed. I think it's just west of this mountain over here. We'll be there in no time. You know, I heard a funny joke about a monkey in a mountain. These laces keep coming untied. This under the tunnel? Uh, guys? Hello? Oh no! Okay, okay. Don't panic, Felix. Those are probably happy screams. Yeah, they found the silver monkey, and they're super excited about it. So they're celebrating. Felix, help us! Okay, okay. The silver monkey's really heavy, so they want me to help them lift it. In case you are misinterpreting these dreams as happy or celebratory, know that they are not. We are in immediate mortal peril. Oh no! Is that? A- it's it's quicksand. Quicksand. We didn't look where we were going. We were focusing too hard on the map. Okay, hold on. I'm going to get you out. Don't mention. Hey, not to rush you or anything, but we're still actively sinking. Sorry. Always near the jungle would be my demise! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Well done, my boy! <laughs> but how are we gonna reach her? Uh, I don't know! Wait! We could use this! Rope! And explore's best friend. Brilliant, my boy! Ready? Any time! One, two, three, oh! A little more. Oh! Come on! Oh! I told you that rope would come in handy. I'll never make fun of you over packing again. <laughs> be there by now. What does this thing look like again? You won't simply find the silver monkey lying on the jungle floor. You'll be in some sort of structure, perhaps a temple or some ruins of some kind. You mean like this? Blah, blah, By Joe! Good morning, Calvary Church. It is so good to be with you this morning. I love those videos, those characters. Pretty classic. Um, My name is Josh, and I am the middle school pastor here at Calvary Church, and I have the privilege to share with you guys today. So, Our theme this week was legend. What comes to mind when you hear the word legend? Anyone else? Indiana Jones? Who's been on the ride at Disneyland? Indiana Jones? Okay, that's a pretty epic adventure, right? There are so many great stories. There's so many great adventures um, throughout our culture. If you watch in movies or read books, uh, one of them is Indiana Jones, a classic. Dr. Jones is always pursuing legendary treasures and going to exotic places. Uh, there's Chronicles of Narnia, the four kids that are exploring this new world of Narnia. They're trying to find Aslan, they're trying to defeat the White Witch. Um, what about the Lord of the Rings? epic tale of Frodo having this incredible task of destroying this powerful ring in Mount Doom. And then there's Elf, right? Elf. Buddy the Elf has an epic adventure traveling to New York City. I passed through the seven levels of the candy cane forest, through the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops, and then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. Classic adventure, right? I love adventures. They draw you in. You want to be a part of these adventures. And that's exactly what we talked about this week. Okay, raise your hand if you've been on an adventure in your life. Maybe you went hiking, camping. Uh, Last year, I had the opportunity to go backpacking through Kings Canyon up in the Sequoias. And it was definitely an adventure. It was so tough. Um, Don't let the smiles fool you of me and my friends carrying these giant backpacks hiking up over 9,000 feet, miles and miles. It was so tough. I was tired. We got lost. I was attacked by mosquitoes. I was afraid of bears. I had to go to the bathroom in the forest, all these things. It was quite an adventure, uh, but we also got to experience God's beauty when we reached the top and this beautiful lake, and just, it was an incredible, an adventure And actually, each of us are on an adventure in our life. Life isn't a journey. Life is a journey that we are on. And at VBS, we had the opportunity to check out this journey. And one of the ways we did that is by looking at the big God story. So check out this little video. It was so cool that we were able to look at this big God story. We were talking about David in the Old Testament and God's desire to be in relationship with with us. And then all the way they talking about Jesus in the New Testament, and then talking about how our lives connect to God's big story. And it was so cool to look at that. And boys and girls, each day we had a lesson that we went through. And when I say what that big idea was, you guys are gonna shout, yeah, he does. So day one, we looked at this idea that God knows us. That's right. On Tuesday, we talked about this idea that God hears us. And then on Wednesday, God comforts us. And on Thursday, God forgives us. And then finally on Friday, God chooses you. I think you guys got the hang of it. Well done. Um, I asked some of the kids at VBS, I said, if you were on an epic journey, what is one thing you'd want to bring with me, or bring with you? And this is what they said. Uh, One said their dog. Makes sense. One said a spoon. And then it said for digging. I was like, okay, good. Someone said sunglasses. Someone said a green apple. Not a red one, just a green apple. Um, A backpack with nothing in it. And then um, someone said a PS5. And someone said Band-Aids. So you guys are ready for the epic journey, the epic adventure. Um, But today we're going to look at a journey in the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to open up to 1 Samuel 16. We're going to look at the journey of David in the Bible. And on the journey, God is looking at the heart. Um, God has decided that Saul is no longer able to be king. Um, He says, you know what, I think we're going to look for the next king. And so he chooses Samuel to anoint the next king. Now Samuel doesn't know what he's looking for. Samuel is a prophet. God's saying, okay, you're going to look at all these people, and you're going to choose who will be the next king. I will show you who I want to be king. And so it says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands before the Lord. This is 1 Samuel 16, 6. He's saying, for sure, this is the guy. He's big, he's strong, he's tall. This must be the guy that God wants to be king. Um, How many of you guys like playing games at recess? Yeah, that's like the best part of school, right? It's like recess. You can play dodgeball, kickball. Um, Basically what happens, I think you guys are familiar, but when you play dodgeball or kickball, all the kids line up on the line, right, on the blacktop. And then there's two team captains, and they say, I choose you. And then the next one is like, I choose you. I choose you. Back and forth, back and forth until they have their team. And then, so this is what I'm picturing. Um, I'm picturing Samuel is trying to pick who God wants on his team. Um, if you guys could pick someone on your team, who would it be? I would definitely choose Pastor Dave, Pastor Eric, you know, the A team, right? You got to have all the, the big guns with you. But Samuel is basically like this team captain. and He's like, okay, all these people are coming through. It says seven of Jesse's sons come through. And Samuel's like, nope, 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 nope. And then he says, is this all the sons that you have? And they say, no, there's one more. And this is so cool. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I think that is so cool that God is not as concerned about the outward appearance. He's not looking for the tallest, the strongest. He is looking for someone with a heart that reflects God's heart. Um, I have this rock here, and it doesn't look like anything special, right? It's just like a plain old rock. And so you might look at this rock and just walk by and think, oh, it's nothing special. But let's see. What happens when we crack it open? We'll get there. I didn't want like of rock to fly into these kids' faces. So, um, But you see how beautiful this is. It has crystals inside. And it's this idea that God doesn't care so much about the outward appearance. He cares more about the heart. And I love that. And so when God is trying to choose the next king, he chooses David because of his heart. And that is so amazing. So the Lord says, rise and anoint him. This is the one I am choosing. So We're on this journey. God chooses David because of his heart. And here's the thing. When we're on a journey, we're going to face mountaintops, but we're also going to face pits. And in the beginning of David's life, he has some great victories. Um, Do you guys know what a mountaintop experience is? Have you ever had a mountaintop experience? For example, we take our middle school and high school students to Hume Lake. And it is in this beautiful lake in the Sequoias and it is incredible. And the thing we love about this camp is that we have so much fun. We connect with each other, but we also connect with God. We get to have fun doing recreation. We get to connect with all these new people, but we get to worship God in a way that we never really get to do because we're distracted at home. So just picture being away from your cell phone, away from technology, just worshiping God on this mountaintop, it's pretty powerful. And as David's life, as he starts off um, after being anointed as king, He has this battle with Goliath, right? That's one of the most well-known stories of David, this giant with this armor. He's huge. He's scary. And yet David goes up to him and says, you have defiled the armies of the living God, and he will not stand for it. And so David gets up in his face, you know, does the sling, hits him with the rock, and defeats Goliath. And the people are just like so pumped on David. They start shouting, they say, Saul has slain thousands and David, his tens of thousands. So I am picturing them like, David, David, David. David is on this mountaintop experience where everything is going pretty well. But when he has this, this, this mountaintop experience, not soon after, he has a low experience in the pit. Because King Saul gets super jealous, super furious keeps an eye on him, and actually is trying to kill him. So he takes a spear, he tries to stab him. Um, It gets so bad that David has to escape, and he runs off into the wilderness, and he has to spend like seven years running away because Saul is trying to kill him. So it feels kind of scary. It feels like a pit. I don't know if you've ever been stuck in a pit before, but it reminds me of my friend Gwen. You guys, we just saw that video clip. She is stuck in the pit as the other characters were. And the pit is scary. They were sinking. They thought they weren't going to survive. And I feel like in life, on our journey, we sometimes face pits. Uh, this summer has been a unique summer. Um, I got shingles, which is like, what? <laughs> I went to the doctor, and I was like, yeah, I have a little rash here. And then she's like, oh, that's shingles. And I said, excuse me, I'm not old enough for shingles. Um <laughs> It's like, you must be mistaken. Uh, no, but I got shingles, and which is like this painful thing. And I was just like, what is going on? And I just started feeling depressed. I missed church a few times, and I couldn't really move a whole lot, and I was in pain. And I just felt like I'm stuck. I felt like I was sinking in a pit. And I feel like a lot of you have been there at some point in your life. There's a great passage I want us to check out together. It's Psalm 40. This has been really powerful for me this summer, this this psalm. And this is a psalm written by David, who knows, maybe when he was running away from Saul. And it says this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. I love this passage it asks us to do one thing. What does this passage ask us to do? Wait patiently. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And then God does four things. He turns to us. He hears our cry. He lifts us out of the pit. He puts our feet on the rock. I just think that is so cool that we need to be patient in waiting for God, especially when we're in the pits. One pastor puts it like this. He says, maybe you feel stuck right now. Maybe you feel trapped and and unable to make progress in your life. And your feet are stuck in the sticky mess. Maybe you've fallen into a pit and you've tried to crawl your way out, but it's not possible. It might be a pit of depression, this nagging endless sense that you can't go on. Maybe it's a muddy pit of bitterness from a painful um, relationship. Maybe it's lingering disappointment of dashed dreams. I feel like we can relate to that. We experience pits. We have mountaintops where we're on this high and then we have this crashing low where you feel like you're stuck in a pit. So consider, when are the times that you have been in that pit? But what I love about God, he doesn't just sit there. He doesn't just see us stuck in the pit. He doesn't just listen to our cries. He gets down into the pit with us and his desire is to pull us out. God is inviting us to be part of his epic journey God is inviting us to be a part of his story. There's another verse I want to highlight. It's Psalm 34, verse 19. It says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. What a, an amazing promise. And that is, our, our theme this, this week is legend. And legend is sometimes like a story that's regarded as historical, but maybe not authenticated. But here's the deal. When we're talking about God's love for us and that God sent his son Jesus, this is not a legend. This is truth. When we're stuck in that pit, God sent Jesus to pull us out. And again, as I look back at this week and the daily themes that we learned are so true about who God is. You don't have to repeat after me. You don't have to say, yeah, he does. But God knows you. God hears you. God comforts you. God forgives you. God chooses you. Yeah, he does. Uh, Galatians 1.4. It's another powerful verse. It says, Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Jesus is going to, he wants to rescue us, and I picture him sticking out his arm, and he's giving us a choice. He says, I want to rescue you, but then he's like, what are you going to do about it? How will you respond? Some of us just want to stay in that pit, you know, and have a, like a little bit of a pity party, but but God is like, no, I I care about you. I know you. I love you. I hear you. I want to save you. I want to forgive you. I choose you. I want to help you out of that pit. Now I'm not going to pretend that life is going to be easy. You may get shingles, but uh, God is with us on this epic journey, on this adventure. God is with us, and it's actually His journey, and we get to be a part of it. Pretty cool. I wanna pray for us as we wrap up. So I'm gonna invite you to bow your heads with me. God, thank you for being such a big God that knows us and hears us. You know our journey better than anyone. You comfort us as we face pits. You know when we feel broken, when we feel stuck. You see when we're sinking in the mud, we are desperate for a rescuer. Our sins separate us from you, but God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to rescue us from our sin and our struggles. Today, we confess that we need to be saved. Thank you so much for loving us and choosing us to be on this journey with you. We love you, God, and we give you all of our worship, all of our praise, and all God's people said, amen.